Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, but just a moment, that's something extra special. And here is one of your favorite stars to tell you about it, the president of the Screen Actors Guild, George Murphy. Thank you, Truman Bradley. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here. This is a red letter, or I should say a red book day for us. Tonight, we're going to present the Red Book Magazine Awards for the finest screen performances and the finest direction of the past year. And just to put the frosting on the cake, we bring you the two Red Book winners and highlights from the picture that won them their awards. One of these talented performers is a lovable old codger, one of my favorite actors. He's done lots of grand things on the screen before, but he really tops himself and the rest of them with the latest performance in a role that stamps him as a great artist. Ah, come on now, Mr. Murphy. As one Irishman to another, is it the Blarney Stone you've kissed? Sure, it was the role that made the man and not the other way about. <laughs> oh, yes, folks, you've guessed it. There's only one brogue like that this side of the old side. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barry Fitzgerald. Of course, you're all way ahead of me now. You know that Red Book makes its annual award to Barry Fitzgerald and Bing Crosby for their memorable performances in the Paramount picture, Going My Way. And if you're wondering by any chance where Crosby is, well, I have a hunch that you're going to hear from him, too. Yes, you will. This road leads Rainbowville Going my way Up ahead Is Bluebird Hill Going my way Just pack a basket Full of wishes And off you start With Sunday morning In your heart Round the bend, you'll see a sign, Dreamer's Highway, happiness is down the line, going my way, the smiles you gather will look well. 
sound awful sweet. You know, Der Bingle has done a heap of traveling in his day. He's been on more roads than you could shake a camera at. To Morocco, to Zanzibar, Utopia, and more recently to Europe, where he sang for the boys right up in the front lines. It's no secret what they thought of him over there. After one of his appearances, the headline in the G.I. paper said, quote, Bing went the strings of our heart. Yes, sir, Bing has cavorted on many a road. I don't know how they meant that, Bing. But ladies and gentlemen, it took Leo McCary, another Red Book winner, and one of Hollywood's most imaginative producers to put him on still another one. A different kind of a road this time, the road to St. Dominic, Dominic's Church. Look, Bing, give us the inside, will you? How did you feel about playing a priest? Well, I was a little worried at first, but one of my friends sold me on trying it. Who? My palsied pal with the protracted proboscis. You mean the future king of the poultry market, Bob Hope. I do not mean snowflake, dear boy. <laughs> Bob had his heart set on my being a padre. Why? So I couldn't get the girl in the last reel. <laughs> He's a jealous cat, a jealous cat. Uh, wants... <laughs> tell me, Bing, once you started the picture, how did you like it? Well, just between us, George, I'll confess to a bit of palpitation. I, Frankly, I wondered if I'd be accepted. By the public? Well, by the public, sure, but even more than that, by Father Fitzgibbon. Oh. You see, I was being sent to his parish, and the old boy had been there for 45 years. Naturally, just before meeting him, I was a bit on the nervous side. Oh, sure, sure. I know what you mean. I know the feeling. You pull your coat down and you fix your collar. I, I wasn't wearing one. No coat? <laughs> no collar, either. <laughs> you see, on my way to the rectory, I'd got mixed up in a baseball game with some of the neighborhood kids, and a high fly came my way just about the same time as a wandering street sprinkler. The only dry things I had along were some old slacks and a baseball shirt. So when I got to the rectory, I changed to them and... Went down to Father Fitzgibbon's study, walked in and said, Hello, Father. I'm your new curate. No, no. It isn't possible. The bishop may hold a grudge against me. He may think I've got a mouthful of clover and can't preach. But even the bishop wouldn't do a thing like this to me. Oh, this baseball shirt, Father. <laughs> yes, I, I see what you mean. Young man, may I ask if that's the, uh, the, uh, the official garb of an order in St. Louis? Oh, no. No, this is just a souvenir. I used to work out with the St. Louis Browns while I was in college. Am I to understand, then, that you'd be carrying on with your college ways and your college clothes? What's well, the only clean thing I could change to, Father? I had a little trouble on the way over. You mind if I light my pipe? Oh, not at all. Thanks. But you must you spill your tobacco on the floor. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Father. I'll clean it up. Just let me get this old heater started and... Uh... Oh, striking a match on the seat of my pants. That's a, it's a nasty habit, I know, Father. Indeed. Well, the seat of one's pants, I'm thinking, was designed by Providence for more important things. Here's the ashtray. There's a proper place to be striking your match. Thanks, Father. I'll be careful to... Oop! Oop! Uh, no, the ashtray, too. Oh, I told you, this just wasn't my day. Young man, there's only one thing that you haven't told me. How did you ever come to be a priest? <laughs> Oh, that's a very cute scene, Bing. I remember it in the picture very well indeed. You know, it must have been fun working with an actor like Barry Fitzgerald. I, uh, I said it must have been fun working with... Well, what's the matter? Didn't you two get along? Well, sure. Sure, we got along. Well, I want to give you a little tip, George. If you ever do a picture with Barry Fitzgerald, just be sure that your scenes are riveted down. It's the only way to keep that Irishman from stealing them. Ah, wait now, wait now. Just a moment, me young bucko. If there was any thieving done, it was yourself that did it. 
One scene after another, plain downright larceny. Petty larceny. There were small scenes. <laughs> small scenes, you say? And what about the one at the dinner table? I'd just like to ask you who stole that scene. The dinner scene? Uh-huh. Well, you? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, you two. I think we can settle this argument right here and now. By a very strange coincidence, that dinner scene is in our script. And by another coincidence... <laughs> I know. <laughs> we rehearsed that very scene this afternoon. <laughs> You've not touched your soup tonight, Father O'Malley. Is it worried you are? I guess so, Father. Some of the kids in the neighborhood did a bit of stealing this afternoon. Did they know? Mm-hmm. Well, the police will be taking care of them. Now, you just be thinking of your appetite. I've a little surprise for you tonight. Something special? Yeah, a gift from one of our parishioners. Uh, so to speak, from heaven itself. Uh... Very well, Mrs. Carmody. You can come in now. I just took it out of the oven, Father. <sighs> There it is. And done just right. A nice golden brown. Ah, hot turkey. <laughs> hot? Of course it's hot. And I'll go bring the coffee out. You know, there's nothing I'm more partial to than a fine tom turkey. I think I'll, I'll just be carving this fine, beautiful bird. Hey, Father, you know a youngster named Tony Scapone? Now, what about him? Well, this afternoon... Now, Tony comes from a good, upstanding Catholic family. As fine a lad as there is in the parish. Well, the police don't think so. Oh, they don't, huh? No. And if something isn't done about it, young Tony and his pals will wind up in a reform school. And who told you that? Officer McCarthy. Patrick McCarthy. <laughs> Shoot, that fella hasn't been to mass in the last ten years. Well, maybe not, but he's right about those kids. Huh. The way the police talk, you think every lad in the parish was a criminal. I'd have you know that the very food before us was put here by two of the very lads the police are so malicious. Tony was one of them. I gave them my blessing. And they gave you the bird. <laughs> well, now, what will you be having, Father O'Malley? The lightnings or the dark? Nothing, thanks. I'm really not hungry. Oh, it's too bad, too bad. Well, yeah, now let me see, no. Uh, there, was, uh, there was something I was uh, meaning to ask you. <laughs> what, what made me become a priest? No, 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 no. No, it is about your young Tony. Uh, what was it the police were accusing him of? Stealing, Father. Stealing? Stealing what? Turkeys. Turkey. And uh, did the, the poor man get his uh, turkey back? Yes, Father. Ah. All but one. <laughs> Well, Bing, I don't think either of you stole that one. I think that dinner scene was nip and tuck. That's funny. I thought it was bib and tucker. <laughs> All right. Just keep your mind on food. But, brother, you're going to have to sing for it. So how about one of those tunes that you did with the choir? Well, George, the choir is here, and I'm here. If these old ears don't deceive me, there's a four-bar introduction to uh, swinging on a star. How would you like to swing on a star? How'd you like to carry moonbeams in a big fat jar On be better off than you are Or would you rather be a mule A mule is an animal with long funny ears Kicks up at anything he hears His back is brawny but his brain is weak 
He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak. And by the way, if you hate to go to school, you might grow up to be a mule. Or would you like to swing on a star? Every moon means home in a jar. And be better off than you are. Or would you rather be a pig? A pig is an animal with dirt on his face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. He has no manners when he eats his food. He's fat and lazy and extremely rude. But if you don't care a feather or a fig, you might grow up to be a pig. Or would you like to swing on a star? Every moon means home in a jar. And be better off than you are. Or would you rather be a fish? A fish won't do anything but swim in a brook. He can't write his name or read a book. But then, if that sort of life is what you wish, you might grow up to be a fish. New kind of jump-up slippery fish. And all the monkeys are in the zoo. Every day you meet quite a few. That's what, what you do. So you see, it's all up to you. You can be better than you are. You can be swinging on a star. As the curtain falls on Act One of the Lady Esther Screen Guild Players, the spotlight turns to you. Do you shrink from the glare of bright lights? Do you lose confidence when eyes are close? Or new confidence in your appearance for poisons and self-assurance you've never known before? Listen to this message from Lady Esther. Often it's just some one little thing about your appearance that makes the difference between lack of confidence in yourself and complete poise and assurance. For example... You may have a dry, rough skin on which face powder looks all ruffled up and flaky. Well, that can disturb your entire personality and just when you want to be at your best. So here's what I'd like you to do before powdering. It will make a wonderful change in your appearance and it will give you a marvelous new feeling of confidence in yourself. It's very simple. Just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on your skin and then wipe it off, gently but completely. You see, Lady Esther face cream loosens the dry, clinging particles of skin which nature is trying to throw off. And when you wipe off the cream, along with it come all those rough little flakes, leaving only the new, young skin, which is as smooth as velvet. And on this new skin, your powder takes on a fresh, vibrant look. Just run your fingers over your face after using Lady Esther face cream. Feel how smooth, soft, and fine-textured it's become to your touch. Then apply your powder... You see the clarity of it, the beautiful translucence. You'll, you'll welcome bright lights and close-ups because your skin will look so smooth and lovely. Now, if you want proof of all this, take the Lady Esther patch test. Just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on one patch of skin like one cheek. Wipe it off 
and apply your face powder. Then compare that side of the face with the other. Feel the difference with your fingers and see the difference in your mirror. The patch test takes only 30 seconds, half a minute. But it tells more in that half minute than I could say in an hour. You can still make the Lady Esther patch test tonight. Just call up your drugstore and ask them to send you Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. back to Lady Esther Screen Guild players and further festivities in the Red Book Magazine Awards featuring George Murphy, Paul Lucas, Barry Fitzgerald, and Bing Crosby. You know, Bing, the whole country is singing those songs from Going My Way. You, you certainly had some swell tunes in the picture. Oh, you bet, George. Johnny Burke and Jimmy Van Heusen did a good job. But we had a fine script, too. Believe me, Georgie, the whole thing was an actor's dream. Scenes that you really get your teeth into, Oh, huh? I'll say. You take that dinner scene, for example. Roast turkey with stuffing... Whole brown potatoes, giblet gravy, hot rolls. Oh, I know, I know, Bing. The writers were under contract to Tums. Could be. <laughs> Tell me, what other scenes did you like? Well, I like golf course scenes, of course. Oh, of course. We shot those on my home, cl- home club out at Lakeside. Sort of like that. Naturally, naturally. Oh, you imagine slicing out of bonds and getting paid for it? <laughs> <laughs> on a level, though, Bing. What would you say was your favorite scene in the picture? Well, George, that's kind of putting me on a spot. I, there's so many scenes in the picture that I like, but one of my favorites was the scene of study. You see, Father Fitzgibbon had sent for me, and when I went in, he looked at me very quietly, and he said, I'd like a word with you, Father Matthew. Sit down, sit down. You'll find the chair behind the desk there very comfortable. That's uh, your chair, Father. This one will do for me. What good goes? <laughs> Well, uh, I've been to see the bishop. Is that so? It's fine. And I want to be frank with you. <coughs> My purpose was to have you transferred. Oh. So sorry you don't like me, Father. I don't dislike anyone. It's just, just, just that I disagree with you. Of course. Mm-hmm. What did the bishop say when you told him? He didn't say anything. You see, I didn't get around to telling him. Well, what happened? Do you mind if I tell him in my own way? Of course not, Father. Well, the bishop received me most cordially. He said I was looking very well for my age, and then he congratulated me on my fourth or five years at St. Dominic's. He said it would always be a monument to, uh, well, to the fact that I built it. Coming from the bishop, that's a fine compliment. Compliment? No, it's an epitaph. Well, then I told him that I'd come to talk about you. That seemed to disturb him. He began to tell me what a fine young man you were, capable, progressive, how much confidence he had in you. Yes, he even told me that he had a nice talk with you before you reported to me. Did he? Did he? Hmm. Of course, he didn't tell me what he talked about. He didn't have to. I could read it in the good man's eyes. When you get to my age, you, you, you can do that, you know. And knowing what was on his mind and to spare him the embarrassment of having to tell me, you know, the bishop wouldn't hurt anyone. Well, I put him at his ease. <coughs> bishop, I the very thing that's in your mind and in mine, I want you to, to put young Father O'Malley in charge of St. Dominic's. You do that? Under the circumstances, a forgivable falsehood. The bishop seemed much relieved. He complimented me on my ability to think so clearly at my age. And then what happened? That was all. 
So now, you, you are in charge. And if my cooperation means anything, I want you to know that you'll have it. Is there anything you'd like me to do, I mean, now? No, Father. Well, then, if you don't mind, I'll lie down for a while before dinner. When you and the bishop had your little talk, it was uh, more or less along those lines, wasn't it? Yes. I thought so. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I don't blame you for liking that scene. And Barry, you certainly cut yourself a gorgeous slice of acting in that one. Well, frankly, my boy, if you'll allow me to make the observation, the scene in my bedroom was more to my taste. Oh, now, don't tell me this is more food. <laughs> Just the half of it. You see, he'd been out in the rain all night. And then about midnight, he came stealing home, just like a little boy. And Mrs. Carmody and I hustled him off to bed. And then she fed him a good hot meal. And after that... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be causing you so much trouble. No trouble. Let me feel your hand. Father, you're still cold. You need something to warm you up. You wouldn't have a wee drop of the creature about, would you? Huh? Well, 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 well it'll uh, stop you from catching cold. Oh, you, you, you really think it would? Yeah, I'll have one with you. I was out, too. Get an evening paper. Ah, well, in that case, if you look in the bookcase yonder... Well, which shelf, Father? You'll find it behind the life of General Grant. <laughs> yes, it's a present from me, Mother. Is this it? You mean this, this little box? That's right. No, she'll just open it. Oh, what do you know? A music box. <laughs> Liquid music inside. A bit of old Ireland, eh? <laughs> yes. Every Christmas since I left, me old mother sends me one bottle with a degree of abstinence, it becomes me calendar. I get a little behind during Lent, but it comes out even at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there's, there's me mother's picture there on the wall. Oh, she's very beautiful. Of course, that was taken some time ago. She's 90 now. You know, I always planned that as soon as I got a few dollars ahead, I'd go back to the old country and see me mother. Would you believe it? Now, that was 45 years ago... And every time I get a few dollars ahead... I know, of... I know. There was always someone who seemed to need it more than you. Anyway, let's drink to your mother, huh? To my mother. Ah, you'd like my mother. Yes, and she'd like you. She has a song in her heart, too. Yes, she was... Ah, she was always singing around the house. Me boy, do you by any chance know... If you do, would, uh, would it be asking you too much to... That's it, that's it, that's right. That's, that's, that's it. Ah, that's good. That's good. Ah, it's very good to come home again. That 
That's an Irish lullaby Thank you, Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald, and thank you, George Murphy, for helping to make this such a delightful evening. And now, the Red Book Magazine Awards. <laughs> Following an annual custom tonight, Lady Esther plays host to Red Book Magazine as it honors the outstanding performances and the finest screen direction of 1944. And following another friendly tradition, the 1943 winners, who appeared in Warner Brothers' picture, The Watch on the Rhine, returned to the Screen Guild stage this evening to make the presentation of the Red Book Cup. Speaking for them is a great artist and one of your favorite stars. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Lucas. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for myself, for Miss Betty Davis, and for the two other members of last year's winning cast who are here with me tonight, Miss Geraldine Fitzgerald and Mr. George Colores. You know, when critics want to be nice to an actor, they say he gave a sterling performance. But I don't think that's quite enough for Bing Crosby or Barry Fitzgerald or for Leo McCary, who directed them in Going My Way. What those three did was 24 carat gold. And as I hand them this cup, I have only one thought. Bing, Barry, and Leo, my very good friends, this cup is awarded to you by the Red Book magazine through its editor, Mr. Edwin Barmer, and its motion picture critic, Mr. Thornton de la Hente. It is a beautiful cup. But even more than that, it is a beautiful symbol. A symbol of all the millions of people whose cup of happiness you filled with the warm and moving story you put on the screen. You must be very proud to receive this cup. And believe me, I am proud to present it to you. Thanks, Paul, for all of us. Talk about being filled with happiness, huh? I'm loaded. I got all I can handle. Barry, I guess you'll have to carry the ball. Well, Bing, there isn't really much that I can say. Except perhaps that in times like these, with one half of the world hating the other half, it's good to stop and try to remember that there are still some gentle people left. The kind of men that you and I played in the picture. Leo, it was a courageous story to do at this time, and I'm sure we're all very thankful to you. Wait a minute, Barry. That's my line. I'm the one who's thankful... To you and Bing, and of course to Risa Stevens, and to Frank McHugh, who's somewhere near Germany tonight, entertaining the boys who are holding that line. With a gang like that, and the rest of my cast, how could I go wrong? With a story like that, how could a fellow help but do a little thinking, Leo? Sure, the world's got a pretty bad headache right now, but one of these days it's going to wake up smiling. 
There's a lot of good left on this tired old globe, and all we need is a chance to find it. That's what those boys over there are fighting for, and they'll fight a lot harder, and they'll feel a lot better if you write to them and tell them what you're saving for them here at home. And by the way, use V-mail. You can say a lot more, a lot faster. Now we've got to say goodnight. Our thanks to Red Book, to Lady Esther, and to all of you. And now, before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Seeing is believing. That's why I want you to see with your own eyes exactly what happens when you apply Lady Esther for-purpose face cream. I want you to take half a minute to prove how much fresher and lovelier your skin will look than it's ever looked before. You can make my simple test in the time you count 30. And surely the great improvement in your appearance is worth 30 seconds. Just do this. Rub Lady Esther face cream on one cheek, then wipe it off and run your fingers over that cheek. Feel the difference. Feel how smooth and silky it is to your touch. Now powder that cheek and see the difference. See how the dull, drab look is gone, how your skin has taken on new life and vitality, a translucent new beauty. You see, Lady Esther face cream does the four things your skin needs most. One, it thoroughly cleans your skin. Two, it softens your skin. Three, it helps nature refine the pores. And four, it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Remember, you can prove all this in just 30 seconds, half a minute, with the Lady Esther patch test. Call your drugstore right now and ask them to send you a jar of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream tonight. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>